Welcome to Nittany Nation Overtime. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Nittany Nation Overtime. I'm your host, Andrew Lee Penwell, joined, of course, by Mark Brennan and Neil Riddell. And this week, our guest is Bill Kahns. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thrilled to be back. All right, so Penn State. renewed your contract. <laughs> yeah, one year, one year renewable. <laughs> Glad to be here. So Penn State coming off that 33 to 14 win, a bit closer than many expected. Uh, but where should we start with this whole thing? Go ahead, Neil. Well, I mean, coming off Auburn uh, and the fact that you jump out 14-0 for a noon game against the MAC team, I think in some ways it was a little understandable, but it was still a little bit disappointing. Uh, they, they didn't sustain that intensity, and they've now gone uh, two games in, against the MAC team where a second quarter uh, they've just settled into a malaise and uh, you know kind of kept... Uh, uh, Central Michigan hanging around didn't really deliver a knockout punch so I think those are things that will bode well for them going uh, forward to sort of you know correct that sustained intensity. Yeah I think there's some teachable moments the, the, the odd thing to me is that we've seen how many of these games these noon kicks after a big win uh, where Penn State comes out flat at the beginning of the game. This was different. They actually came out and played really well. Go up 14-0, a big turnover. Uh, the crowd was sort of rocking. And then second quarter, uh, you know, end of the first quarter, uh, the, the air just sort of came out. Didn't get back into it till halftime when the 82 team came yeah. out and was honored. Uh, but I do think it was good that after um, Central Michigan ties the score up at 14-14, showed a lot of heart, showed a lot of fight, Penn State kind of never panicked just came back, made the plays that needed to win, and, and won rather comfortably. I think it could have been even more, but they got a lot of players in, kept working on that depth. Not the perfect game, obviously, afterward. James Franklin didn't seem really lit up by the, by the way that that game went. A win's a win, which is great, uh, but some teachable moments going back into Big Ten play. Bill, and in those moments where it is like, you know, a win is a win, like Mark said, as a player moving forward, how do you, you know, not come off that high of the Auburn, but not hang on and carry that negative momentum. Sure, I, I think complacency is always a threat, you know, and as Neil stated, it's an early game following by a, uh, an impactful road win. I don't know what the big fuss is about. I really don't see how a 19 point win, the only people that should be upset about this are <laughs> the people that took the points and, and bet Penn State. I mean, they didn't cover whatever, but you know, you had uh, Clifford start out, I think eight for eight, right? right? We we're up 14 to nothing early. Um, yeah, did Central Michigan have a few tricks up its sleeve? Sure, I mean, that's that's their Super Bowl to come into a place like this and do well. I thought they had some rather creative ways. There was a, a tight end in motion on a fourth and one. He stops, takes the snap, for first down. So give them some credit too to, to not get blown out early. Um, was it as big a, a gap at the end? But Penn State never trailed. Uh, they, 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 the biggest thing to me, what I see at this phase is um, this team, for the third consecutive week, you see zero turnovers. They had one turnover this entire season, yeah. and that uh, bodes very, very well should we keep that up. But overall, I thought it was a solid win. Yeah, yeah. I think I think when, when the story of uh, 2022 mm -hmm. is ultimately written, this is not even going to be a footnote, this game. But we do shows after every single game, and right. for that's us, that's the, that's, yeah, that's the minutiae of it. And, and it's good to know where a team is get, go heading back into to, to Big Ten play. So, uh, yeah, there's absolutely no reason for, for anybody to panic off of this. I think it would have been a little bit surprising mm -hmm. if there wasn't a letdown at some point along the way. But they do have to get these things tightened up 
because you look ahead to the middle of October and it's going to be a grind. So it's I think the key right now is they better come into that Northwestern game super focused. Well, and starting with your kicker. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're these games, uh, the little things are going to add up to big things. Joey Porter has shot another pick six, but I do want to give credit to the defense. It's been eight turnovers mm -hmm. now in two games. Uh, they really only allowed two touchdowns, and they allowed them in, in the second quarter, um, you know, and then they shut the door. So, I mean, defensively, I think there, you know, there were some holes in the past defense, but the bottom line is they only allowed two touchdowns. But I think the kicking is something that needs addressed. The only observation I would make from a defensive standpoint, I'd like to see more pressure from the front four. We're getting to the quarterback with a blitz scheme and so forth, and that does expose us. That, that aggressive style of defense can, can, uh, can, can allow a, an offense to get a lot of one-on-one uh, in space, and we miss a tackle or two, it's a big play there. So I know I'm, I'm satisfied with what I've seen thus far from Manny Diaz and what he's done. Um, let, let's get some more pressure. Let's get a, a better pass rush from the front four. That's really my only critique of the defense. But going back to the kickers, they were, what, 0 for 2 uh, on the field mm -hmm. goals? Two is not infinity, of course, and we always want perfection, especially from the kickers. But, Neil, what are those concerns, like specific concerns that you have of them? Of course, always rising to the occasion is a thing, but. Well, I think Penninger, I mean, you know, you don't expect Xander to make a 56-yard field goal mm -hmm. at that point. But uh, James pointed out some inconsistency in the kickoff team. But really, you've, you've uh, had a couple extra points blocked. You've missed two makeable field goals uh, this year with a veteran kicker. So the, these are going to, you know, against Minnesota, Ohio State, and Michigan, they'll be magnified. Listen, it, it's proven that analytics work. I mean, there's no question about it. But I wonder with this kicking situation, are we at a point of paralysis by analysis? Yeah. You have one guy Definitely who kicks. Definitely one of those positions, yeah, too. Some you, you, analytics are so straightforward. Right. You have one guy kicking shorter field goals. You have one guy kicking longer field goals. You have one guy kick off. He didn't do a good job. You put another guy in to kick off. He didn't do a good job. You put a third guy in to kick off. I mean, at what, what, what happened to the days where you used to have one kicker who just handled everything? And the reason I think All it could be. All the bars are gone. Right. The reason I think it could be an issue, seriously, is because you wonder when all these changes are happening, what's happening to the kickers mentally? Yeah. This stuff may all work perfectly well in mm -hmm. practice, but when you get out there in the game, right. at, at some point you just say, Pinnaker, Pinnaker, or Pinnaker, you're the guy, or uh, Sander, you're the guy. It's definitely a mental aspect that makes kickers and punters definitely a unique type of football player. And Bill, with that type of unique pressure that they have as a team how are you supposed to support him if you know he's missing field goals that you but everyone at the end of the day everyone will blow a block everyone will miss a catch cool. or do something it's, incorrect yeah, the block but really those are so <clears throat> obvious the though. block wasn't his fault i mean the kid jumped right it, over. it, yeah. it, it <clears throat> it's recognizable it's magnified when a kicker misses a key mm -hmm. kick um, but it's part of the game. You know, you um, as a, a, a good team should rally around any kind of adversity, a block kick, things like that, and, um, and respond. Now, if we need to make a change, I agree with you, Mark. I don't think we do that intra-game. I think we have a kicking competition midweek and come out with the, uh, the survivor of that gets to handle all the kicking duties for that game. That type of confidence, I think, um, not having a kicker. You've had Massimo on here in the past. Um, he may be, well, better versed to speak to it than me. All right, so you mentioned the defense, and when we come back, we'll break down that some more along with the wonderful performance from the freshman, Catron Allen. Don't go anywhere. 
Here's a look around the Big Ten. Wisconsin absolutely walloped on the road at Ohio State. Maryland falling to Michigan. Minnesota getting a big road win. Cincinnati falling or beating Indiana, excuse me. Rutgers falling at Iowa. And then here's the interesting one. Miami of Ohio upsetting Northwestern. So interesting time in the Big Ten. We are getting right into the swing of things. So another part of the game yesterday, the defense, the four turnovers was huge. Overall, what part stood out to you as the thing to hang your hat on if you're Manny Diaz? Well, you know, <laughs> looking ahead, I mean, and after seeing that Ohio State game last night, I think if Penn State can continue to progress and can, and can go into this game undefeated with Ohio State, I know there's a big if. We got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of water left to, mm -hmm. uh, to swim. Manny Diaz scheming against Ryan Day. I mean, I think that's going to be pretty fascinating. There's that uh, they've the broken up uh, 41 passes so Something far this like year. That. It's like an ungodly number for them, and that tells me that there uh, is a lot more man coverage, right? And that uh, that they're yeah. they're sending people, even though they're not they're sending people on blitz, but they're not necessarily mm -hmm. the the linebackers. Some are the secondary people. I can't remember them being this deep at corner, and, and guys are playing at elite levels. I mean, you have a situation where Johnny Dixon steps in to start in place of Kalen King, and Johnny Dixon breaks up three passes and comes away with an interception. Kalen King has four pass breakups. He played great. Causes a fumble, recovers a fumble. Joey Porter Jr. with three pass breakups, and the confidence they're playing with. I mean, doing this bird, whatever it is, after uh, their big plays, I think it's great. Bill, one thing I the would no say, yeah, one thing I would say about the, the front four is, I think they're doing a good job of, of maybe not getting home mm -hmm. consistently, but putting enough pressure on that the DBs are able to make some play. So I agree with you that yeah. the, you need the sacks to start coming, but I think one of the reasons the DBs are coming up with these plays is because there is some pressures coming up front. I'll, I'll clarify my point. I would like to see that, um, uh, that, that, that quick edge rusher beat, beat a, a, a lesser skilled offensive lineman around the corner. I'd like to see push up front. Um, it's an active defense. It's an aggressive defense. I think it's vastly improved. You force turnovers. We, we win that game. You've got athletes at corner that can stay and cover guys one-on-one. Um, uh, I hope it doesn't come back to, to haunt us at some point, but it helps to get that. Overall, though, I'm, I'm very pleased they've gone on a road. They've beaten two Power 5 teams uh, in, in different uh, manners, but that defense has stepped up, and I think it's a, a, a team strength right now. Yeah, you had the 52 sideline. dropbacks and only two sacks, and they were on the last series by, uh, you know, deny. And when you're on the sidelines as the offense, and you're seeing the defense, you know, flying all over the no-fly zone, it's energetic, it's fun. How does that energize the offense, and vice versa? When you generate turnovers, when you create a short field, um, it's it's uh, a great deal of pressure taken off having to go 80 yards and a sustained drive or whatever you can score points pretty quickly you, you capitalize on those kind of things you're 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 energized from it you really are as a as a and and you you you're they're your teammates you want them to do well well we've seen complimentary football too i mean barney moore has been tremendous at, as a punter but how many times have we seen him pin a, a team deep the defense come in and play really well and then the offense gets a short field and then goes in and scores. I mean, that's complimentary football at its best. And I think that Barney Moore, I mean, 
He's dropping those right on it, the it's, one yard I mean, line. that one that, that, that went right at, was it, was it took a right turn and went out at the yeah. four yard line. And then, I mean, that, that's something else. Well, I thought it was pretty cool on a day where you had Gansitano and, and uh, the oh, representation right. <laughs> of John Bruno, Ralph Giacomaro, Massimo there. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that Barney, uh, but you know, the, the special teams and the defense created short fields for the offense yesterday. Really, three of them. And speaking of the offense, Katron Allen, the freshman standing out in this one. We have some stats of him. He had 13 carries for 111 yards, a touchdown. He's averaging six yards per carry, which is 10th in the conference. And for the third straight game, Penn State running as a running back who finished for more than 100 yards. Mm -hmm. So overall, really great performance from a freshman. Him and Singleton are pretty, a pretty good one-two punch there across the big team. Yeah, I think the beauty of it is that a week after Singleton blows up and is being mentioned as a dark horse Heisman candidate, you know, he didn't run particularly well early in this game. And in the second quarter, you could see mm -hmm. Jay Wan Sider, the running backs coach, get on him for bumping out wide. And after that, uh, Katron Allen got the majority of the carries. That is perfect. That is perfect. You need competition at every single position. Nobody is doubting how good Nick Singleton is. True. But if he's not having a great game and you could put this guy in, wow. Well, this guy's feet and his vision really are impressive, yeah. the way he dances to daylight. Singleton had one burst for 21, and then he had 11 other carries for 21. So, so we talked to Caden Wallace after the game, and he had this amazing soundbite about how when Singleton and uh, Allen run by, he said it's whoosh, and you can feel this wind. He said it's like nothing he's ever had before. We ran it um, on this, in the Sunday newscast, so everyone tune in online. Um, <laughs> with, it was just a great soundbite, a little more eloquent than that. Bill, when you have a guy that is that special level of speed, that special level of explosiveness, what's that confidence like in the O-line? And Did you play with any good backs? Back. <laughs> None come to mind. I, I, in my, no. Who is that you know, Warner guy? Yeah, oh, yeah, tell, that's right. tell me the last time we've had two true freshmen deliver. On, they're, they're almost instant impact guys, and I can't recall either of them. It, it, I thought about this on the way over here. It remind, This inside-outside kind of feature, it, it, you go back to the early 70s with the Miami Dolphins, you got Mercury Morris outside and you got Larry Zonka power inside. It's a feature we haven't offered. It is yet another thing a defense has to deal with. Can you track down a, a guy that seems to outrun everybody or can you withstand a guy that's doing very well in between the tackles? It's a good problem to have. Well, it's different now, too, because these true freshmen really are you're playing as a true freshman. I mean, I think if you look back to Goon's class in the early 90s, he had Kajana and Mike Archie and JT Morris and Stephen Pitts. So there have been times where they've had really good backs but they weren't really pressed into action because the scholarship limits were so much bigger. Now, mm -hmm. with NIL, with, with the transfer portal, you get a good player on campus, you, you better get him in the True. game and get yeah. him playing. Most of these guys back in your era, red-shirted right mm -hmm. away, may have switched positions, and the, the clock wasn't ticking immediately like well, it and, is and now. And there was depth there. You know, mm -hmm. Kurt Warner steps in and, and absolutely does, but he steps into a team that's Mike Gooman, Matt Suey, Booker Moore. I mean, there, there was some playing time to be carved out here. The depth isn't quite, it's just, again, it's a good problem to have young guys step in and, uh, and contribute immediately. Good problem to have. We got to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk about a couple visitors that came to Beaver Stadium. Don't go anywhere. Back to oh, Nittany Nation overtime. So yesterday at Beaver Stadium, some visitors came by. Teams usually get honored at these games. Of course, Bill came back with his 82 teammates. It's like to be back with those guys on the field again. Yeah, it's it's um, 
We, we just have a great day. It's a, it's a, it's a really close-knit group, a lot of chemistry. Uh, I told Neil earlier, 40 years goes, it seemed like it was 15 minutes. And guys sharing stories, they now talk about their kids and their grant, you know, that kind of thing. But it, it is a privilege and an honor uh, to, to come back and be recognized in that fashion. And all of us are just thrilled. We're thrilled the team is doing well. We're thrilled that we're still, most of us are still here. And um, as I mentioned, just privileged to be part of and to be officially recognized to, to win Penn State's first national championship. Hey, you'll always be number one, the first team to win the national championship. Yeah. You wrote a book. Show the, show the cover of the book uh, real quick. Uh, he lost the book. He didn't the lose the book. He did not. <laughs> Well, I was when the Lions the roared. It's, it's a fun read. Built it's a about next, the 82 team. It built a tremendous job well, with it. Thank you. Uh, any Penn State fan, especially from that era, uh, would enjoy it. Thank Belated you. Belated and continued congratulations. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, and again, the, um, the stories are what make it, and it, it is not me telling them. It's me just saying, what was your experience? And these guys just... Uh, such vivid recollections, what Joe meant to them, what it meant to represent Penn State. It was, it was a great weekend, really was. What were some of those stories, if you can share any of the good <laughs> ones that you reminisce? Um, the one that comes to mind is what happened the night after the game. We fly back to Harrisburg. There's 5,000 people at the airport. It's dusk. It's dark. It's cold. It's January 2nd. And you pile onto these Greyhound buses for a 90-minute ride. And you go up 322, pitch dark, and every small town has a fire engine and the, and the sirens going and waving the foam fingers. You, you only realize at that time what it meant to so many people. You know, you're, you're happy to represent Penn State and win a game and, and be recognized in that manner, but, but it gave Penn State fans truly a chance to finally validate that we truly are number one. So. And, and Bill, as much as people remember Joe for his three yards in a cloud of dust offense, that was a kind of revolutionary offense. The first one, right, to have more passing yards than rushing yards for a national and, championship and team with great players all great over. Players. To, to Joe's credit, he recognized the talent he had at the skill position. He had a returning starter at quarterback. He had a healthy Kurt Warner. Those guys, a lot of them stayed up and run seven-on-seven seven drills in the summertime, got their timing down. Kenny Jackson, Greg Getty was, in my uh, opinion, the best set of skilled players in the country, and it gave a an inexperienced offensive line the chance to get their feet under them and 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 uh, and get it. And and again, an underrated defense. Joe made some changes midseason, and and they responded. Uh, and we just had a lot of things fall into place yeah, to be able to go. And there. a really good representation of the class. Uh, and you, know, you go back and look at that era, 80, 81, 82. And I mean, this is pre pre. Big Ten, but you're playing Notre Dame, Alabama in a 10-year series, Nebraska, Miami, uh, Marino was at Pitt, Hostetler had gone from yeah. Penn State to West Virginia, Flutie was at BC, Syracuse was good. I mean, yeah. the East yeah. was a beast. Uh, just a terrific, so many great players and great games. 80s uh, football. Those, th those early uh, 80s, uh, that three-year window. Go take a look at those schedules. It was, a, it was a fun time to watch. But when we come back, the best part of the day, the nitwit of the week. Don't go anywhere. You're watching Nittany Nation Overtime. <laughs> Welcome back to Nittany Nation Overtime. Sorry, a little voice crack there. Really, really into all this Penn State Getting emotional. Very yeah. just emotional about my first nitwit of the week. I'm finally on the board with this one. Neil is, of course, on top. Yeah, really emotional here. So I pick Penn State going to win this next one against Northwestern 34 to 10. Yeah, Northwestern really struggling. Lost three straight. I will go Penn State 39 to 14. 39 to 14. Okay, I got to do the math on the fly. I think <laughs> the fact that Penn State didn't play all that a complete game last week will bode well better this week, especially going into a bye. I'm going to say uh, Penn State 43, 
uh, Northwestern 13. Phil, what about you? And I think the defense continues to play great football, generates turnovers. I'm picking 45 to 7. So wins all across the board for Penn State. Easy. Thank you so much for watching this year. Nittany Nation Overtime is also on a podcast. It's on Spotify and iTunes. That'll drop Monday, so you can check that out. Thanks for watching. We'll see you back here next week.